Hey all, my name is Max McCool and I'm one of the co-founders of Basalt to Breakers. I uh, live in Oregon currently and was born in Oregon, have lived here most of my life. And uh, I have a background in ecology. I have six years of education in that, uh, an undergraduate degree, some graduate research and all that kind of stuff in ecology and environmental science. I also have about 22 years of experience fly fishing from my dad casting my rod for me and me reeling in the fish somehow to uh, doing it all by myself and now creating content based in it. Um, I, I'm super passionate about helping people learn about fly fishing. I've taught everyone from helping teach Nick here to my fiance to a lot of my friends at school about fly fishing and, uh, you know, salmon fishing, steelhead fishing, grew up doing it all. Just love the outdoors, love rivers. So I'm excited to be here. Awesome. I'm Nick. Uh, I haven't been fishing nearly as long. I started in my early <laughs> 20s. Um, I went from my first two years of fishing, not getting a single bite, uh, to kind of finally learning the ropes, thanks to Max and some other friends. Yeah, right after I started teaching. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I've, I finally started catching some fish. So it's been great. Uh, I know they say it's fishing, not catching, but it sure is yeah. more fun when you're catching. Uh, yeah. Um, uh, a little bit more about my background. Um, I've got uh, a degree from UC Davis in uh, English. Um, and my professional background is uh, coming up on seven years in the outdoor industry doing sales and marketing. Uh, so a little bit different than Max, for sure, but still kind of in that that outdoor space on the other side of things. Right. Yeah. And Nick is absolutely great at what he does. And he's underselling himself a little bit and actually a heck of a fisherman too. Um, and like everyone, he's a testament to the fact that it, it, it isn't easy. You know, I mean, I think fly Lords, they, they have a great line in one of their articles I read that said, if anyone says that they don't care about catching fish, then cut the hooks off of your, off of your flies. You know, I mean, it's absolutely we're out here to help you catch more fish, but also help you enjoy the outdoors, help you enjoy rivers more and help conserve, I, protect them. I fully believe like when I go out there and I don't catch a fish, it's still fun being out there, but it's definitely yeah. a coping line. Yeah, exactly. Like when I come home and I'm just like, oh, I was just happy to be out there. I don't even care if I catch any fish. I come home and my dad says, well, you know, cut the hooks off of your flies. Then I'm just like, well, I, I don't know if I would go that far. Like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So this is, this will actually segue us really well into our episode, but, um, a quick story. When I first started fishing, um, I knew literally absolutely nothing. I just got a trout rod and a small spinning reel. I was literally putting one salmon egg onto a hook yeah. Like no split shot, no bobber. I was literally yep. just throwing that into the river. And yeah. I did that for a ridiculous, like if nothing else, I'm very tenacious. I yeah. wasted a tremendous amount of time doing that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and I was filling out my steelhead report card every single time, which now I know you don't have to do if you're not actually fishing for steelhead. Um, yeah. But I, I uh, submitted my steelhead report card my first year, I had almost 120 hours with zero caught, zero. <laughs> they must have been, uh, yeah, they must have been laughing at me. So this segues perfectly into our uh, beginner fishing tips. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, we'll go back and forth. How about that? We, I do one, you do one, and we can just go back and forth until we feel like we've exhausted all of them. Because there are a lot of things that I, like people ask me because I've been doing this so long. 
you know, what, what, what would you tell someone that's just going out for the first time? Like, look, if you don't get started fly fishing, and this is my first tip, everyone has to get started somewhere. Whether you're someone that's been fly fishing for 22 years and held a fly rod their first time in their hand when they were four years old, like me, or like Nick picking up a spinning rod when you're 22, you're out there fishing, you're part of the community. And I think that's the most important part. So remember to respect people's backgrounds. I mean, not everyone has access to fly gear, a fly reel, like it make fishing accessible. If, if people start off lure fishing and they want to get into fly fishing, you know, or if people still you know, lure fish for some things, fly fish for some things. It's supposed to be an accessible community. And it's really important to keep that in mind. We all have the same goal. We're all out there to catch fish and we're all out there to enjoy the outdoors. And so respect where people started. And um, if you're just new to this, there's no shame in getting into into fishing any way possible, no matter where you are. My number one tip, first off, something I wish I had done right away uh, just go with a friend who knows what they're doing. If you have a friend who knows what they're doing. Um, I wasted all that time with my one salmon egg on a hook. The time I caught my first fish, I was out at the river and there was a guy I didn't know at all. And he was looking over at me like, Hey, what is this kid doing? Um, and he finally comes over. He's like, Hey man, like what, what do you have there? Like, what are you doing? And he gently told me that I would never catch a fish that way ever. Uh, pulls out his tackle box, re-rigs my whole setup. Um, and that's when I caught my first fish. Uh, so I know, yeah, if you, if you have a friend who knows what they're doing, please go with them. (laughs) That will track you. Right. And that story is a beautiful Testament for how open accepting and honestly, just like cooperative this community is most times. And I think that's, that's important to say is there's a reason that we are involved in this community and it's because 99% of experiences are like that. There is some elitism and that's just like the really unfortunate consequence. And when, you know, you come up against a comment like that as a beginner, I mean, it is, it's kind of soul crushing. If someone is telling you that you're an idiot, just because you're out there trying to have fun and figure out something that you're not good at, you know? And, uh, You'll definitely want to be the guy that I met. He was extremely nice about it. (laughs) Exactly. Don't be that local. That's what my dad always said to me when I was starting surfing, starting fishing. Don't be that local that goes out and just bust someone like there's, there's a way to do it where you go up, especially if someone's, you know, being disrespectful of the environment or something like that. There's a way to go up and try and educate someone and let them know like, Hey, this is actually, there's a kind way to do it. Pick, pick kindness. I mean, like it's, it's a community that's based on people having fun, make it fun for other people. When you, you got to pay it forward. Like exactly. there's been times when I've noticed someone fishing in a way where I, I think they may not have a very good chance of catching a fish and I've given them a lure yeah. uh, tackle box too. So you got, you got to pay it forward. <laughs> I've probably given away hundreds of flies at this point. I mean, I, I like seriously, when I see someone that's just asking me, Hey, what are you, what are you using? And I say, Oh, this is there. They have no clue what I'm talking about. I just reach into my fly box and pull out a couple and say, there's, Try yeah, there's a fine line between unsolicited advice, but a lot of times yeah, yeah. Ask you <laughs> what you're throwing. Like I wouldn't just go up to someone and be like, Hey, like use this. But a lot of times people will ask you what you're doing. And that's a great opportunity to kind of offer some gentle guidance. Yeah, don't definitely don't go up to someone that's fishing on the river that looks like they know what they're doing and just say, actually use these flies and just like that's that's unsolicited and that probably won't be very helpful for you or uh, a very great way to troll, but you know, (laughs) not necessarily what we're about here. Yeah, use some judgment in that case. That's more for uh, talking trash to your friends. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
See, uh, when uh, when me and Nick go fishing together, that's something that's perfectly acceptable. But uh, yeah, hey, bud, you're, you're, just you're not getting any bites over there. Yeah. <laughs> Here, hold on to my rod and wait for a pull. <laughs> <You know? laughs> oh, man. Yeah. Right. But I, I think that's a really good place to start is just, you know, remember to respect others and respect the sport itself and just pay it forward. You know, I mean, I think that's that's a basic place to start. If you're just getting into it, it's, it's a community and you want to be a part of the community. Um, the second tip that I would have is nowhere to go for advice. Yes. Go with a friend that knows how to fish. If you have a friend that knows how to fish, some of us don't. And if you don't, and you're really interested in getting into the sport one, I, I respect you. Like that's, that's definitely a more difficult endeavor than having a friend to teach you everything that you can ask questions um, and trying to learn it from like YouTube videos and discussion boards and everything, definitely possible. Uh, the best tip that I would have is go to a fly shop. They are part of a community for a reason. They are there to help you. And yes, like they're there to sell flies and fly rods and everything, but go to that local fly shop, support them, show up there frequently, even if it's just to come in and say, Hey, what's up. Um, most of the time, you know, if you bring in some, some beverages for people in the fly shop, you'll make friends really quick and uh, they'll be a lot more willing to help you and talk to people in the fly shop. I mean, like it's a community. People will want to like help you and tell you, Oh yeah, you know, I use this fly on this river. It worked really well. Or, you know, even ask the staff from the fly shop, what flies work here or even just dumb questions that you don't know the answer to. And they're there to help you. They want to build that connection with you on a professional level. And a lot of times on a personal level too, especially since a lot of fly shops are local and rely on the community to stay around, you know? Yep. Yeah, for sure. I think, I think my next tip would be, um, don't spend too much time in one place. So you hear a lot. Fishing is all about patience. Um, mm -hmm. But that patience is best spent uh, moving around to different spots oftentimes, especially when you're using a lure that has some sort of like rattling component to it. I mm -hmm. had a friend tell me I was using a very big, loud lure for bass. And he said basically like they will charge for this lure if they're there. And mm -hmm. after, I don't know, 10 to 20 casts, if you didn't get a bite, then they're probably not there or they're not going to eat it. So you got to go somewhere else. Um, same applies to flies, like definitely change out your flies, try a couple different things, but like, don't spend four hours in one spot, not getting bites, like just move up and down the bank. Uh, yeah. if it yeah. looks like a good spot, if you're not getting bites, then you got to move. And I mean, honestly, this is like up to some debate. And I think that like, I, I think you're hundred percent, right. I think don't spend four hours in one place. If you're not getting bites, there's a happy medium. Don't take two casts and walk away from mm -hmm. the spot try a couple of different flies, take a couple of different casts in different places, you know, like work your fly throughout the entire water and then move on to the next place. Right. That's how you're going to so, learn what fish bite in your, your area too. Exactly. It's process of elimination, which takes forever. But, uh, um, right. yeah, if, especially if you're not changing your lure, like you can only throw the same lure, the same fly at the same spot so many times. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I agree. And I mean, I think, well, I don't, See, I, I have a bunch of different pieces I think are really important at this point in the conversation, but I think of the most important one that I need to put out there ahead of everything is learn fly fishing etiquette, learn how to not essentially like stand right next to someone and start cat, learn what's acceptable on the river. And there are so many different sites that like will will teach you about what fly fishing etiquette is. Ask the fly shop when you go in there, say, hey, 
if I'm going to an area where there are a lot of people, what's appropriate to do? And honestly, overall, just communicate with people. If you're on the river, you can always just say, hey, do you mind if I go up above you? If someone is, you know, kind of like spending a long time in a hole and isn't moving upstream, just say, hey, is it okay if I go above you? Which way are you working up or down the river? That kind of stuff. And a lot of times you'll get a much kind of reaction than if you just go stand right above someone and like yeah. start overlapping their line. You know, I mean, just like communication. Exactly. Um, that might seem like a really obvious tip for a lot of people. Uh, but I think that it's one that just needs to be said, um, before we get back into some more of the technical, like how to catch fish things is it'll make everyone else's enjoyment on the river so much better if people are just cordial and nice, you know, and like, you might even make some friends that you can go fishing with. For sure. Cool. What's, uh, what's your next tip then? Oh, I'm going twice. Yeah. Yeah. That, that was my tip. That was, that was your tip? like a okay. fly fishing tip. I can All give right. a um, My next tip is learn your knots and practice them before yep. you get to the river. Because if you're just losing all your knots, you're going to spend a ton of money on flies and tip it. First of all, and second of all, you're not going to have any fun. So spend some time at home. I know people will initially practice with, with uh, ropes and that's great. Um, but it's 10 times easier than doing it with tip it. So right. practice knots with actual tippet right. or else you may end up being very frustrated at the water. Yeah, I think that's a great one. I mean, knots are important. The last thing you want is to catch the fish of a lifetime on a fly that you did not tie on tight enough and mm -hmm. for it to break and get off. I mean, yeah. And honestly, again, we have a video about this on our basalt breakers Instagram. You yeah. can get by with a clinch knot and a double surgeon knot. Like yep. In a lot of days, you may not even need the double surgeon's knot if you're yep. just if you're using the same tippet, but yeah. make sure your clinch knot is airtight. Yeah. Or tapered leader if you have fly line that has a welded ring at the end of it. Tapered leader is really easy too if you don't want to tie knots for that. Um, that way you only need really the knot to tie on your fly, honestly, beyond like tying on your backing to your reel and then the fly line to the backing you can get away with tying one knot to tie your fly on most days. Um, For sure. So, yeah, yeah, definitely. The tapered leaders are great. Uh, just from a material standpoint, definitely learn that double surgeons knots as yeah. you put that tippet, the leader is still totally fine. Uh, so yeah. don't go throwing away those leaders more often exactly. than you do. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. And I think that it's just, you know, that's, that's a great place to start with those two knots as well. And if, you know, this gets enough attention. We're happy to do more videos, happy to even do a live where we just tie knots and show people how to tie knots too. Yeah. Um, cause it's, it's that important to fly fishing. Knots are everything in between tying flies, tying on flies, tying knots. And I mean, even beyond fly fishing, just fishing in general, you know? Um, yeah, no, that's, that's a great place. I think that my next one is when, when you're on the water, one, learn how to read the water and two, take a second before you start casting. Right. So when you get to a river, you're really excited. You want to catch a fish. And so it's really easy to just charge out there, you know, and start wading in the river and start just splashing the water with your line and everything. Um, but take a second when you get there, take a second, sit down, have a beverage if you'd like, and just sit and watch the river for a second. One, look for, okay, where is there some debris? Where are there some rocks? Where's, you know, what are some areas that fish are holding? We're going to do a video soon. Um, and we've already done a couple on where fish generally hold. So learn how to read the water. Cause when you start reading the water, you'll start realizing where the fish are and catching those fish. So look for that. And then also look for fish rising. It's called sight fishing. And there's a reason it's called sight fishing. You see them rise, you cast to them. And this works a lot for still water. 
you'll catch them. It works for rivers and still water too. If you see a fish rise, cast a fly to it. Look at what's hatching right now. Try and like grab a fly and see, okay, you know, this fly in my fly box looks a lot like this fly that's hatching right now, you know, that, that kind of stuff. So take a second, figure out where the fish are. Don't wade through the area that the fish are and scare them off, figure out what to use and then get to fishing. You'll enjoy it a lot more. Yes, totally agree. My next tip is don't get too hung up on your gear. Um, I know a lot of people will spend uh, a lot of time online stressing about which rod and which reel um, line. Uh, And that's important, but some of that is just marginal gains. Like you can catch fish on a wide variety of gear. You can catch fish. Like I've caught some fish on my surf rod that you would think I caught on like a two weight fly rod. Um, So, you know, it's, fish with what you have. Don't go out there and spend a million dollars unless you have the means to do that and you want to do that, then that's great. But uh, say you have a four weight rod, don't feel like, oh, I have to get this five weight or I'm not going to catch fish. That's probably not true. Just use what you have. Yeah. Yeah. And the only two stipulations I would add onto that is like, don't try and fish for steelhead with a three weight rod. Like the the fly rod that you use. Yeah. Yeah. Don't, you're not going to catch anything. And if you do, you're going to hurt the fish, break your rod or break off the tippet and leave the fly in the fish. Like know what rod you need to fish for what you want to fish for. And two, you know, like fly fishing is particularly victim to this. And I even fall victim to this sometimes getting hung up on the gear, but like learn what's really important to spend the money on, learn what you can save money on and what's actually important to spend that extra money on. Like uh, one of my personal opinions is past a certain point, it's a much, much better return to spend an extra $20 on fly reel than it is to spend it on a rod, you know, learn, learn where your $20 is best spent, you know, especially when you get into those really expensive rods and stuff too. Focusing Um, on gear within, within reason. Exactly. Don't go try to catch a Marlin on a two weight. Yeah. That's, that's that's not going to work out really well for you. Um, yeah, no, I think that's, that's a great, uh, a great start. And then I, I think that really my next tip has to do with just like, uh, you know, where you want to start off in terms of, um, fly fishing in general is start off on rivers that are easier to fish. You know, don't go out during the middle of spring with a nymphing setup in a notoriously difficult river. Um, unless that's the only one close by to you and that's where you want to learn and uh, expect to catch fish and all that. I mean, like you can still go out there and enjoy it. And if you're just practicing casting and stuff, go for it. Um, but don't go after trophy fish the first time that you're learning how to fly fish. Go go to a river that might not have as big a fish, um, but has more. And talk talk to your local fly shop. They'll they'll tell you some good rivers to start on, especially if you live close to a bunch. But find a place where they're not going to be scared because you're splashing the water with your line the first time that you're learning to cast go somewhere where you can, you know, kind of mess up a little bit and have a sloppy technique and casting, have a sloppy approach and still catch fish. You'll have a much more fun time and you'll learn a lot more when you hook a couple of fish and try and reel them in about what works and what doesn't. And then you can start going to those progressively more and more different rivers as, you know, as you continue to progress. For sure. Yeah. Everyone wants fish, you know, (laughs) for sure. Um, yeah, another tip, uh, thoroughly read the regulations 
before yes. you get to the water. Read them at home, have them on your phone. Um, ODF. Have your license with you. Have your license on you. And your report card if you're fishing for steelhead or salmon. Hundred. So ODFW spends a ton of time and research and resources making these regulations. They know what you're doing or they know what they're doing. And there's no excuse to not be following the regulations. Right. If a game warden is talking to you, I, I didn't know that's, that's not going to cut it because uh, all the regulations are posted online. You can go to fly shops or tackle shops and get help. Um, the, the regulations are extremely important to follow. Um, and, and you should make sure that you know them. Yeah. And even beyond a financial perspective and fines and all that kind of stuff, it's the right thing to do. And there's a reason that they exist. It is there mm -hmm. to protect what you love. I mean, if you like fishing, it is there to protect the future of fishing for you. I mean, literally, that's why people do it. It's there to protect ecosystems. And maybe my scientist background is coming out a lot. But, you know, there's a reason that those regulations are set. They have people that just look at the fisheries and what they can support and try and balance recreation and the ecosystem services and make sure that that resource is there for people to enjoy, to make people passionate about conservation, but also to make sure that they're not hurting that ecosystem at the same time. There's there's a reason that people work so hard on these and you need to be following them no matter what. And that's 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 a big part of the community too. Every fly shop will tell you that you need to follow the regulations. There's, yeah, but they're there's not arbitrary. They're evidence-based. Yeah, um, exactly. And they're extremely important. So exactly. know your regulations uh, and come to the river prepared to- That should them. be the number one tip. And make sure that you that always have your, your license and your report card on you. Yes. Yeah. The report yeah. cards, again, coming from um, your scientist background, the report cards are extremely important uh, for tracking populations of fish. Yeah. Um, and it's a way to contribute to uh, the science and the ecology. It goes a long way. So make sure those report cards are accurate. Make sure yep. you have them. Make sure you actually submit them at the end of the year. Yep. Yep, exactly. And that should be tip number one, honestly. We may just, just edit sure. that into tip number one. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Honestly, I uh, that's that's the most important thing beyond all this. I'd say that etiquette and figuring out, you know, like how to start off fly fishing. So I'll get into like a couple. We'll, we'll do maybe like one or two more. We'll do two more tips a piece and I'll start getting into some of the more like, OK, you're progressing. You're learning how to fly fish and uh, you're you're interested in kind of upping your game and everything like that. Um, I think that the, the next step for me personally, um, is kind of like take a fishing trip, like literally find a friend, or even if you want to go by yourself, you know, you're taking some day trips to some streams and that kind of stuff. You're slowly learning how to cast, how to fish everything. Um, you know, definitely know that you, you should know how to roll cast, especially if you're in Western Oregon, there's overhangs everywhere. And uh, you don't want to get snagged up on it a bunch. So if you're coming from Eastern Oregon to Western Oregon, um, I know that there's slightly less foliage on the side of the river, some places in Eastern Oregon, learn how to roll cast unless you want to go through about a million flies and uh, pack up all your gear, pack up some close friends, or if you just want to go with yourself or your pup or something like that, pack them all up into the car, uh, take some time off if you can and uh, go on a weekend fishing trip. It's really fun. There's so many campsites that are literally on rivers here. Like I, I, I can send you some, if you want to, you can message me personally, if you want, I'm not going to give away like any, any sensitive habitat spots or anything, but there's some really well-known great fly fishing places where you can camp right on the river essentially and uh, spend four days 
just fishing. You'll learn so much from those four days and you will improve so rapidly just focusing on that for a couple of days at a time. I guess my more advanced tip will be, um, we've been talking a lot about preparedness uh, for getting to the water. Sometimes, uh, of course, following the regulations, sometimes it's fun to go in unprepared and just randomly find spots. Uh, And this comes from, I didn't talk about this in my intro, but my main sport is trail running. Um, Sometimes I'll just pack up my fly rod and my, my pack and I'll just head out into the woods and just find some spots that may have fish. Uh, when you fish like this, you, you will have some of the most rewarding moments finding your right. secret spots. Uh, nine times out of 10, you're not going to catch anything, but you know, it's, it's fun to get out there, get to places that maybe a lot of people don't know about. And that's part right. of the, the fun. Yeah. And I mean, I think that's super important too, is with trail running and backpacking and biking, we're, we're, we're participating in a sport where, you know, Fish are wary of human impact and everything. And uh, some of those rivers that are super heavily fished will have really well-educated fish. And I I say educated because I've spent a lot of time in Missoula and um, at those fly shops, you know, there's, there's a river that runs through town called the Clark Fork and you can fish the Clark Fork. uh, But everyone in those fly shops will tell you, those are some of the most educated fish that you will see because they've seen just about every fly pattern that someone can throw at them. So the further you get away from people, the less pressure you have, Sometimes the more rewarding it is because there's more fish. They're less scared of flies and human, you know, interaction and everything like that. And sometimes it's the first time that someone's ever fished for them. You know, yeah, you could throw just about long. anything in there and they'll bite it. I've yeah. some big, uh, some mountain lakes, like fairly. Oh, I love the story. Yeah. <laughs> you could literally like pick a fly out of your box. We literally went through the fly box and just picked the most ridiculous flies and they were biting them. <laughs> Yeah, didn't you toss out like a bass fly, like a popper or something for a trout and you got a big rainbow trout there? <laughs> yeah, they'll bite anything. Anything you put in the water that vaguely looks like food, some of these fish will go for. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I think that's that's the last thing that I want to add on to the more advanced thing. And I, I'll talk about this consistently because this is one of my biggest beliefs. The best fly fishermen are the best ecologists. If you learn about entomology, hydrology, riparian vegetation, you know, every ology that you can imagine, biology, you will become a better fly fisherman. If you learn about the life cycle of flies, what flies hatch at what particular time of the year, river habitat, what large woody debris means in terms of turbidity and all that kind of stuff in a stream, where fish spawn, where fish hold during the day. If you learn about all that kind of stuff, you will become an astronomically better fly fisherman. I mean, astronomically, because that is what fly fishing is the basis of. And that is why I love it so much is it is a challenge and it's something where you need to understand the ecosystem and feel, I'm not going to say in harmony, but essentially in harmony with the ecosystem to be good at it. So, you know, start off there, start off with ecology, start off learning about that kind of stuff and you will catch more fish. I promise you. Sounds good. I may be just about tapped out of tips here. Oh, really? Okay, cool. I don't know. Do you have any more big ones? I... You know, I, uh, I, I'm sure that there will be people in the comments with plenty of good ones that I forgot to talk about right now. Um, but I, I honestly think that 90% of it is just uh, the last one that I'll give, which I think is the most important one, is just spend time on the water. That's the way that you get better at fly fishing. You can watch videos. You can go talk to people. 
you can practice casting, you can research ecology, all that kind of stuff. Nothing beats just getting out on the water and seeing what works. You know, I mean, like as someone who's self-taught for guitar, Nick is a much better guitarist than me. Just a, a glimpse into our personal background experiences. Nick shreds. Nick absolutely shreds on guitar. And I'm like a mediocre. I'm like a couple steps above like playing Wonderwall and Stairway to Heaven in a guitar store and getting kicked out. The only thing um, you need. Yeah, don't don't play Wonderwall or Stairway to Heaven in a guitar store. Just uh, not speaking from birth. Or do it and be really good. Yeah, yeah, I, I guess. Um, but I I was self-taught and uh, I, I, I learned on YouTube and all that kind of stuff. The easiest thing for me was just figuring out what sounds good and kind of just messing around on a guitar. It's the same way for fly fishing. I mean, I learned how to skateboard by myself too. Same thing, surfing, same thing. Nothing beats time actually doing it and learning how to do something. Spend time on the water. That's that's the easiest way to progress as a fly fisherman. That's why I said take a fly fishing trip. Having four interrupted days of fly fishing, and like yeah, camping and hiking and all that kind of stuff too. But having four interrupted days of fly fishing will teach you so much more than watching four hours of YouTube videos about like oh what fly to use and different casting techniques and all that kind of stuff. You know? Yeah, unless you're going so, to that exact river in the video. Yeah. And even then it could be a different time of year. It could, the hatches could change. It's like, it's variable. Just you can't know your local waters. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, I, yeah, that's, that's, that's where you need to start is just get out on the water. Once you figured out the basics, you will advance much more spending time on the water than trying to figure out the complex stuff. But listen to our podcast. That's that's the one thing that will really help you. Oh, really? Yeah. I mean, spending time on the water is great, but like this podcast should probably help you even more than that. What you should probably do is just put on this podcast on your way to the river. We'll kill an hour for you and then you'll be there and you'll just be like, God, I have all this great new information. I'm going to catch so many fish and probably get skunked, but you'll have a fun time getting skunked. Yeah, but that won't be our fault. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. There you go. <laughs> all right, ladies and gentlemen, I... Uh, I think that that's, that's it for this batch of, uh, of podcast videos. Um, we're looking really forward to getting back though. And, uh, we'll definitely, we'll put out like, I don't know, you want to put out like a poll on the next couple of days on our Instagram, which you should definitely follow us on. Um, Nick, you want to put out, I think that we should probably put out our personal Instagrams. Um, our, our regular basalt to breakers Instagram is basalt to breakers, um, on Instagram. And then Nick, what's, what's yours? I don't even know. <laughs> I think, I think it's, it's river it's to rivers. see yeah. something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll put it in the comments. I just okay. made it. I don't have a an Instagram for myself anymore. Yeah, the fishing Instagram. I have a fishing Instagram only. Fish Instagram? Fish Instagram. <laughs> All right. Cool. Mine is McCool Mountain Streams. Um, I, I, I put out a lot of helpful information on there, but Basalt to Breakers is where you'll find all the nonprofit stuff. And uh, we'll have links to our YouTube in all of those areas. And uh, yeah, we'll put out some polls to figure out what you all want more content on. Cool. Cool.